Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. concepts here that I want to talk about from the Word of God. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Most of us have the understanding that anything uh, that you use, whether it's a tool or some type of instrument that you use on a daily basis, when it is put into service, when it is placed in action over a period of time, of course, it is susceptible to wear. And through use, it's not going to be as it was when you purchased it or when you first begin to use it. There are certain principles that we all have to adhere to, whether we like it or not. And one of them is the aging process that takes place. We could talk about it from our natural standpoint, our physical bodies, but it's also true when it comes to any tool or anything that you use, even something that seems so strongly built as this building. Over time, it's going to deteriorate. If the Lord should tarry, it's going to dilapidate and uh, no longer be as it was when it was constructed. We all understand that. But when we read this text, immediately in our imagination, our minds turns uh, to an iron instrument, possibly an axe, uh, a mattox, a sickle, or perhaps a knife, some type of cutting instrument. And the wise man said, if the iron be blunt and he doesn't wet the edge or he doesn't sharpen the edge, then he must put forth more strength or more effort in using it. And because of much use and because of the wear that takes place as a result of this, the blade has become blunt. Or in our terminology, we would use the word dull. A lot of men in this room perhaps carry pocket knives. Maybe some of you women do in your purses carry pocket knives, and you know pocket knives come in handy. Unfortunately, we don't always use them for what they should be used for. We use them to jimmy doors. We we use them to open cans. We we use them for various things that they were not really designed uh, as far as the blade on the knife was not designed to do. Nevertheless, uh, we use them and through this type of use, it becomes dull or becomes less effective. Even if you are using it for what it was designed to do over time, it can become blunt. It can become dull. And everybody knows there's nothing more aggravating than a dull pocket knife. You can, you can buy and purchase a pocket knife, and if it's a good one, when it comes from the factory, it's it's so sharp that you can shave your arm hairs with it. And then uh, over a period of time, you'll notice uh, that it becomes dull. 
And this is what we call the law of use. If you consistently and continually use something, then it's going to show that wear. It's going to become dull. And this is also seen throughout the Word of God in different forms. We know that anytime you use something, uh, there's the law of diminishing returns. Uh, there is uh, the idea that it is going to, if it's not replenished, it's going to run out. All the way back to when Abraham sent Hagar out with a bottle of water and a few other things to give her supply so that she could travel and journey through the desert. The Bible says that while she was in that arid land, that she had spent all the water that was in the bottle. And she would have perished if it wasn't, not, if it wasn't for uh, the help and the intervention of the Lord. We know the story of how that the lady with an issue of blood... The scripture says that she began to search for a solution. She began to seek her healing. And she went to physician after physician, perhaps specialist in that field, and looking and searching for someone that could help her. And the scripture makes a reference to what we're talking about here tonight. And we've often heard it, that after she had spent all that she had, she was nothing better, but she rather grew worse. She gave out, in other words, and she gave out, and there was nothing to replenish. There was nothing that was put back, and she kept spending until it was all depleted. It was all gone. Everything that she had said previously everything that she had laid up for a rainy day, it was all uh, depleted and spent and taken away. And then we also know the story, and I'm just giving you a few examples of the prodigal son and how that the scripture says that he had a big idea that I'm going to take my inheritance early while I still have my strength and vitality and have some big dreams of what I want to do with that inheritance I'm going to go out and enjoy myself. And his plan was is just to go out and have a good time. And he evidently was not wise enough to know that the resources that he had was limited. And there was nothing that was being put back in. And he just kept giving out and kept spending. And no doubt to impress others, he began to spend on them. And uh, the Bible tells us that after he had spent all that he had, uh, that he found himself in a hog pen. And he found himself given to one of the citizens of that country as a slave, basically. And it was then that he came to himself and realized, hey, I've been played for a fool. I've given out and I've given out and I've given out and I did not seek employment, to put anything back. And I didn't replenish, and I just spent and spent and spent and was never renewed. We know the story of the widow that after her husband passed away, she lived, no doubt, on some of the things that had been left by him uh, to pay the bills and the creditors. But evidently the debt was so enormous 
that she soon realized, I'm, I'm out of money. I'm out of, I'm out of uh, the bank account is depleted. I'm, I'm out of anything in the checking account. And, and uh, I, can't, I can't put off the creditor anymore. And she began to sell the furniture and, and uh, everything before it was over with. Just basically an empty house. And she is contemplating now selling her sons or her creditors are coming to possess her sons to be basically servants or slaves because this is the only way that the debt can be satisfied. And the prophet asked her, what do you have in your house? And she said, there is nothing save a pot of oil. I've, I've spent everything. This is what I'm down to, in other words. And there's another widow that is written about, the widow of Zarephath, in 1 Kings chapter number 17 with Elijah. And we know that he comes by in a similar circumstance. There's been a great famine in the land, and the resources have been depleted down to this lady saying, all I have is enough meal to bake one cake for my son and I, and we're going to eat this and die. That's going to be the end. There wasn't any... Uh, commodities to go out and, and try to, uh, to get, to survive on. Nobody was going to feel sorry for her because everybody was skimping by. Everybody was trying to scratch out an existence. Everybody was trying to survive during that period of time. And the prophet comes and asks her the question, would you take what you've got left and bake me a cake first? And again, like I preached this morning, because she put priority on the things of God, the Bible said throughout the extension of that famine that that barrel of meal never failed. It never ran out. Amen. She kept taking from it, but now she had a replenishment. The hand of God was upon her home, and God was putting something back in there. Amen. And I'm thankful that He has that power. He has the, that ability when life depletes us, when situations of life take away and take away and take away and leave us a shell and empty, that God has the ability to restore and renew. The God that I'm preaching about has the ability to give us strength again and give us what we need spiritually to not just get by but to thrive and to enjoy our relationship with God because just living life come on let's just be honest let's get to where we're living at here tonight and just living life we we can spend energy and might and strength and it's extracted daily from us it's it's pulled out of us daily but there is a God. That's why we come to the house of God. That's why we're here on Wednesday night. That's why we come to prayer meeting. That's why we have Sunday morning and Sunday night church services. Because somewhere there we get plugged into the life source. Somewhere we get recharged and renewed in the Holy Ghost. And it's important that we get connected to Him and in His presence and not just float through the service oblivious to what is going on, but some way that we feel out and be sensitive to God to receive what we have need of in that service because He knows how to put back what things that life has extracted from us. 
He knows how to renew and refresh and restore. The Bible talks about times of refreshing that come in the presence of the Lord. That's where you're refreshed. It's not out there. This world is going to pull things out of you. But it's by being in the presence of Almighty God that you're restored and rejuvenated again. Praise God. Praise God. We, we know the story of the five wise and five foolish virgins and we extol the virtues of the wise and we often talk about the mistakes of the foolish and if you know anything about the word of God you understand that the word foolish is a very strong word that has connotations on it when you talk about it in terms of the scripture I know we a lot of times throw that word around but when it comes to the Bible and the things of God, God places a warning in connection to that word. Don't, don't use that word or call somebody a fool uh, haphazardly or casually. It's not a joking matter when it comes to God. And the, and the scripture is very careful in the use of that word. But it calls these uh, five virgins that allowed their oil to run out of their lamps. It calls them foolish it uses that term, which is very strong, again, in the Scripture. And the thing that is striking to me is the fact that they once did have oil in their lamps, just like the wise had oil in their lamps. And I don't believe for a moment that they just simply poured it out. I don't believe that it was lost necessarily accidentally. I don't believe that it was wasted necessarily uh, because uh, they were just uh, bent on using it up or they realized exactly what was going on. But it was just because of neglect and because they did not plan ahead and they did not understand that the bridegroom is tearing a little bit longer than expected here, and we need to use our resources wisely, and we need to be prepared not just for the short term, but for the long haul. And if we could get a hold of that concept in our relationship with God and in living for God, a whole lot of people would be far more successful and blessed in their life living for the Lord if they understood that. That this is not just for the sprint and this is not just for the short term. But when I get into this thing, I'm thinking about the long haul. I'm thinking about serving God and living for the Lord until He comes. When I make dedications at the altar and when I commit myself, I'm not committing myself just for a short period of time, but this is a commitment. It would be better, the Scripture says, for me to never make that vow than to make that vow and to break it. So I I want to strongly consider these things. The Bible says to reason with him, to understand what you're getting into. No, no builder that is wise before he ever begins construction, the scripture says. He counts the cost of what it's going to take to finish it. When you live for God, you need to think about being a finisher. You need to think about the long haul. You need to think about, I'm not quitting until I receive my reward.
reward. You need to consider the fact that I'm not in this thing. Amen. Just while the going is good. But no matter what life brings me, no matter how many twists or turns, no matter uh, the unexpected things that occur in all of our lives, I'm in this to serve God till the end. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And so in saying that, you understand that life has a way of wearing on certain aspects of even our spiritual spiritual man and our relationship with God. And there's got to be, as the wise man said in this scripture, there's got to be the wedding of an edge. There's got to be a sharpening that takes place. There's got to be a refreshing. There's got to be a renewal. There's got to be a new touch of God. You cannot depend on something that happened to you in the 80s. You cannot depend on a revival that occurred in the 90s. You you cannot get by on something that happened 10 years ago. Matter of fact, you don't need to get by on something that happened 10 weeks ago. But this is an up-to-date thing. Amen. This is something that we keep alive in us. And we're constantly renewed and refreshed in. i got to get back to the place, the life source and be renewed in the altar again and refreshed in the presence of God again. I've got to be revived personally. I cannot depend on somebody else's walk with God. I can't coast on an experience that happened years ago in my life. I can't just simply look back at a testimony I have of what God did for me when I first came into this thing. But God, all over again, let me be renewed in you. Let me be sharpened up in my spirit. Amen. It was just through the using of it and not replenishing and replacing that the Bible calls them foolish. They woke up suddenly and nothing was left. The light had gone out. You know, there's terminology in this part of the country and around this area concerning oil wells and probably even more so south of here when you uh, go and you talk to oil men and people uh, that work uh, uh, preached in some of those areas and and uh, men a lot of times they would talk about oil wells just get in discussion with them I don't know a lot about it but they would say something how, how much is that well uh, producing how much does it make and uh, Somebody might say, well, it, and I'm just using this as an example, well, it, it, it uh, makes 60 barrels. That's a pretty good well. It makes 60 barrels a day. Or this well over here makes 50 barrels a day. And uh, somebody else, well, what's that well doing? And, uh, well, that well, it makes, it makes 12 barrels a day. It's, it's not quite as good. And then there's times when, a well is, is what they call shut in. That means it's been capped off. And uh, then there's times when they will come back in. Maybe it wasn't producing much at first. And, and uh, because of the price of oil, it wasn't really, it wasn't even feasible to allow that oil to produce out of that well. And so they just capped it off. And they'll come back and they'll uh, maybe what they call a workover rig, and they'll come back and drill down or work over that well a little bit and get it, get it restored and working again. And as I was thinking about them 
comparing this, this well makes this and this well makes that, I got to thinking, uh, you know, there's, there's not one of these wells that make one barrel of oil. There's a, a pumping mechanism. It simply just extracts that, that that they're referring to just extracts what's already there out of the ground. And, you know, that's exactly how life is. And, and let me just give you an example. Life uh, can, can constantly, just this, this living life. I'm, I'm not talking about the spiritual battles that we go through. I'm not talking about uh, trials. I'm not talking about uh, any of those things. I'm just talking about life itself and the responsibilities that every one of us have. Uh, they have, uh, have a way of depleting and sapping strength and spiritual energy out of each of us. This world, I'm going to just tell you, I want to warn you tonight, it's not putting anything back in you. This world is taking from you. It's taking your strength. It's taking your vitality. It's taking your energy. And it's not giving much back to you. Uh, there's, there's no encouragement being placed back in. There's no replenishment or restoration. But again, we know the great restore. We, we, know, we know who is able to revive and renew. That replenisher is here in this service tonight. And he is able to replenish and meet every need. And it doesn't matter how much life has extracted from you. You, you may feel like there's been so much that's been pulled out of me of late. I'm telling you, just one service. God is able to feel. Come on now. When the Holy Ghost comes, the Bible said it fills our lives. I've never heard of anybody being half filled with the Holy Ghost. When God does a work, when the Holy Ghost comes through the help of the Lord, He doesn't half fill anybody. Amen. He pours until you're completely filled up. You either got it, you're either full, or you don't have it at all. There's no sense in us trying to get caught up in between somewhere. Amen. Because when the Holy Ghost comes, it's a complete work. When the renewal comes, it's a complete work. When restoration comes, it's a complete work. Just like they sing tonight, he makes all things new again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why don't you give worship to the Lord tonight? I've lived for God for the majority of my life. In fact, I was thinking today, probably been an average throughout my lifetime. Uh, my parents got into the truth when I was about five years of age, and I'm 46, so for 41 years at least, it's been an average of three to four times a week, sometimes a whole lot more than that, of being in church, around the church. I about decided if I backslide, I'd have to do it either going to church or coming from church. But you know, I have realized something in my time being around the house of God. That just because a person comes to church does not mean 
that they're connected does not mean necessarily that they're not blunt or dull or just going through the motions or have they become robotic in their relationship with God. You know if you take an honest assessment of yourself, take a little inventory tonight, you, you know that there's times when your worship isn't as sharp as it needs to be. There's times that your prayer life has become dull. And there's times when your faith is not out there and as sharp as it needs to be. You don't have that cutting edge that you're accustomed to. And it's at that time that you've got to be honest with yourself and say, I'm not going to act and I'm not going to just go through the motions and I'm not just going to go for appearances sake and I'm not just going to put on a show. But I am going to be honest with myself before God and realize it's time for me to get sharpened up. It's time for me to receive a replenishment and renewing. I've spent out. I've lived in a world that is filthy and sinful and and it extracts out of us and takes from us. And so when I get to the house of God, I've got to be recharged in the Holy Ghost. I've got to be renewed. And I've got to put something back. I've got to receive something all over again. I cannot depend on past experiences to produce the power that I need to face the challenges that are currently in my life. But I've got to be, I've got to be plugged into the Spirit of God. And He knows what I have need of. He knows what tomorrow holds. He knows what I'm going to face. And He's prepared for me exactly what I need. The psalmist said it this way, that he prepareth, prepareth the table before us in the presence of my enemy. He prepares everything that we need. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You could still be blessed. You still can receive from God. You still can dine from God's table. You still can put your feet up underneath God's table and receive the nourishment that you need spiritually and the strength that you need spiritually and get back and receive the might that you need and the energy and the fuel that you need to be able to make it through whatever that you're facing. Whatever that you may be going through, whatever you may encounter in life, God knows what you need before you get there. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That ought to excite somebody that God, amen, he knows what next week is going to be. And so he's prepared this service right here tonight for me to be able to receive what I need from the Lord. I can get sharpened up in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I may encounter things that I'm not even prepared for at this moment, but God knows what it's going to be. And so if I get plugged in tonight, if I lead of what God has prepared for me in the table that he spread before me tonight. Then it doesn't matter what the enemy thinks. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. I can make it. I can survive. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. The prophet, after one of his greatest victories on Mount Carmel, coming down from that, receives a threat from Jezebel. He hides out for a, a period of time and he's fed there. And the angel of the Lord gives him, I suppose, a plate of food. 
or as we would think of it, and says, here, take and eat of what's been prepared for you. Because if you don't eat this, you're not going to be able to have the strength to make the journey that lies ahead. But if you eat of this, you'll be sustained. And you'll be able to survive on this for the period of time that you need to. And the Bible said that's exactly what happened. How many times in your relationship with God have you looked towards a service and said, you know, I didn't even see that coming, but God did, and he allowed me to get tuned in to a service before that ever happened, and God gave me the strength that I needed, and I I shudder to think what could have been had I not received what I needed to receive in that service, had I not got that word from God, had I not received that revelation from the Lord, had I not got in the presence of God and been renewed in the Holy Ghost, amen, had I not got sharpened up, had the file not been applied to my heart and life, had I not been renewed in the Holy Ghost, oh, somebody help me preach tonight. Somebody realize what I'm talking about right now. Amen. And receive it into your spirit that I need revival. Come on, admit it. You need revival in your spirit. You need renewal and refreshing in your walk with God, your relationship with God. You cannot allow it to become dull because you never know when you're going to need that edge. You never know when something is going to be encountered in life where you're going to need to be sharp and you're going to have to have the understanding. You're going to have to have the wisdom from God. You're going to need the anointing to make it through. Oh, lift up your hands and your voices to the Lord. Scripture says it this way. It says, a man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. It's wonderful to be able to bring forth good things and to minister good things and to have good things to offer when the time comes. But to be able to bring forth good things, it starts by us putting good things in. Amen. If you're going to be a shining light, you're going to have to put oil in your vessel. If you're going to be anointed and used of God, then you're going to have to have periods of consecration. You're going to have to develop a prayer life and a relationship with God. Because there's a lot of things in life you can fake. People fake happiness. They paste on smiles. Uh, You you know, uh, to read some people's uh, social media, you would think everybody in the world's just having a grand old time and everybody's happy. And everybody's just thrilled to death and things couldn't get any better. But that's not the real world sometimes. And we, we're starting to realize that, I hope. That that's not the real world and the way it is all the time. But people have learned how to fake happiness and fulfillment. And to make others think that they got the best life. And, and everything's going their way. Uh, there's some people that have learned how to fake wealth. They, they wear the right things. They carry the right things. They, they they have a few things that, that are monikers of success and, and they're status symbols, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that represents what's in their bank account. People have learned how to fake wealth. People have learned how to fake talent. Uh, there's groups that are all the time uh, being busted out for lip syncing and, and finding out that they really didn't possess the talent that they sold to the general public that they had. You can fake a lot of things in life, but I'm going to just tell you something. There's one thing you cannot fake for any time period, and that is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You can't 
fake the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You may be able to get by on talent for a little while. You may be able to you may be able to get by faking happiness for a little while. You may be able to fake wealth. Amen. But I'm going to just tell you, you cannot fake the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You either have it or you don't have it. Amen. You either have the power of God's Spirit working through you or you don't have it. Because it comes out of consecration. It comes from a deep well that has been dug through prayer. Amen. And dedication unto God. And daily walking with Him. That's where an anointing comes from. And the writer says here, he said, when you don't have that renewal and that refreshing, he said, you got to put forth more strength. You take a dull axe, you got to swing harder. Take a dull knife, you got to saw on it. You take a dull mattox and it takes more work. Take a dull plowshare, it takes more strength. It's a whole lot easier when it's sharp and it's up to par for what it was designed to do. Amen. And it becomes arduous when it's not sharp. You know, that, that effort that's happened, it becomes a struggle. And you see this in people's attitudes sometimes. Suddenly, uh, they start wondering, why is it that we, we have to do this and we have to do that? Why is it that this has become such a struggle? Well, you didn't have that kind of attitude when you first came to God. When you first got the Holy Ghost, you were just thankful that you were in the church. You would just think, well, that he saved you out of sin. You wasn't, you wasn't up for all of that stuff. But suddenly, because you've not been renewed and refreshed again, your eyes have become jaundiced towards the things of God. And you begin to uh, develop a critical attitude when it comes to the church and, and to the truth and, and overthinking things sometimes and, and trying to find a loophole in areas sometimes. Why? Because uh, along the way, we didn't receive that refreshing. Along the way we didn't allow that sharpening file to come to our heart and to sharpen us up and to be renewed. We didn't maintain our relationship with God. God brings change into people's lives but I just want to tell you that we have a responsibility through consecration and dedication and walking with Him to maintain that change that He brings in our life. If God gave you a blessing you've got to do what you, you need to do to keep that blessing alive to keep that anointing upon your life to keep God's spirit active in your heart amen praise God and so things I'm going to work on this a little bit because I can sense it even now amen the reason why some people struggle with consecrations and dedicating themselves completely to the Lord and they start looking around and they start criticizing things in the church. I found out a long time ago people that criticize things in the church are people that are not really involved in the church. Amen? They're not working much in the church. Amen? You ask them to do anything, they don't do much in the church besides criticize the church. Because you can't criticize something that you're involved in. When you get on the team, brother, you don't want to criticize the team. 
when you get involved in what's going on around the church, you, you, you suddenly lose your appetite for criticizing. Because first of all, you don't have time for that. And you realize this is the kingdom of God. And why would I want to tear down something that's trying to save me? Why would I want to shoot holes in the boat that is going to keep me safe through the storms of life? Why? Why would I want to rip away the sail that sets direction through the stormy seas of life? Amen. I'm going to be saved by staying connected to the church. I don't want to do anything to destroy the church in my mind or anybody else's. So, so imperative. Amen. People start pontificating. Praise the Lord. Had never done it, but they can pontificate on how it should be done. Most, most people, in exception to Brother Lorman that is here tonight, they've never, they've never stood in these shoes. They, they've never had this kind of responsibility. But there's a whole lot of armchair quarterbacks in Pentecost these days, believe me. A whole lot of people that think they could do it better. That's because they've never done it. That's because they've never been there. Amen. And just because you don't have all the facts doesn't mean, amen, that the way that has been chosen isn't correct and isn't right. Amen. Because you can't assume you know everything because uh, it's, not, it's not for us to know everything that's going on. We've got to leave some things to trust God with and believe God is in control of it uh, and leave the pastoring to the pastor and realize, uh, amen, that I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to stay in the church. Uh, I'm not here to criticize. I'm not here to bring light on something that I feel like is wrong. Amen. God's going to work all of that out. I just want to be saved. Seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's right. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. But I tell you where all that stuff begins where a critical spirit comes from, where a gossiping spirit comes from, where a bad attitude comes from, where bitterness sets in, where struggle in living for God always starts is when you stop being renewed, when you stop being refreshed, when you're renewed in the Holy Ghost, there's too much joy in the Holy Ghost for you to be focused on something negative. When you you get full of God's Spirit, you're too full of God to even worry about the shortcomings of somebody else. Hey, Amen. We need mercy in this house. We don't need more judgment in this house. We need more mercy for people that are trying to get up and live for God and serve the Lord. We need to be there cheering them on. Amen. And believe in God is going to help them at every step and stage of their life. Oh, come on. Let's clap our hands again to the Lord. body is an amazing thing. Scripture tells us, and we know this, medical science has proven it, that life is in the blood. We know that bone marrow is, is what produces the blood. And isn't it amazing? You can go and, and get just a little vial of blood taken and they can just about read everything about you. Nowadays, they can put that through a battery of tests and they can figure everything out. They can tell you what cholesterol is. They can tell if you've been fudging and eating greasy hamburgers. <laughs> Chili dogs. 
Ain't nothing wrong with a good chili dog. The problem is they bark all night. And, you know, they can just tell everything. I mean, they can all in the blood. They can tell if there's some kind of deficiency, infection, whatever. They can tell all of this by just taking a sample of your blood. So I got to thinking about this blood and all these red and white blood cells and platelets and how they work together. They're bringing oxygen to your lungs. You take in oxygen and it some way filters into these, this blood, into these cells, these red and white blood cells. And some carry off waste and, and take away uh, radical cells and clean out and restore. And, and others bring life and oxygen and what you need to function and to uh, live with strength and to be able to do what you do on a daily basis. And beginning of life, medical science tells us that your body produces 227 billion, 800 million red blood cells in a 24-hour period. And about the same, about 27, 227 billion white blood cells and 90 billion platelets in a 24-hour period. And uh, that's, that's, quite a, that's quite a feat. The body is active. You know, we look like we're, we're sitting here all calm, cool, and collected, but I'm going to tell you there's things going on inside of us that are just working feverishly. Even while you sleep at night, there's things going on. Your heart is beating. Your lungs is transferring uh, that breath of air, that oxygen that you breathe in, transferring it into your body, and, and, and your blood is carrying it to the most furthest extremity, down in your tippy toes, in your fingertips. It's carrying the blood, and it's doing its work. It's healing you, you may not even realize it. When, when you got up in the middle of the night, you bumped the coffee table. And it caused a little bruise there. Your body's working on that, trying to heal that. You may not even realize it, but there was maybe a, a bacterial invasion that took place. And, and, and that uh, your body is, is, is like an army that is surrounding and cordoning that off and, and going to war against that foreign infectious bacteria that is trying to overtake your body. But medical science says when you grow older, that bone marrow, that most of it was being used to produce blood, it begins to turn to fatty tissue and it begins to be just basically dormant. And over time, there can be a 50% or more drop-off in what it is able to produce. And so you become open to invasions and, and you become uh, there becomes a deterioration because your body is not able to do all that was able to do in years gone by it, it's the aging process that takes place wrinkles begin to form and, and uh, your eyesight grows a little bit dimmer and, and things happen through the aging and the wearing process of time and that's because the blood is not producing at the level that it was when you were born. 
and when you were young. But that caused me to think about the blood of Jesus. And we sing that song that it never loses. Not one little bit of its power. But it's still able to take out and to cleanse and to wash and to purify me of whatever invasion there's been. Amen. That if I can some way get to that source, Calvary's cross, amen, and let his blood cleanse me. I'm thankful that that's not a one-time deal, but I can keep coming back and being cleansed and washed. Let him carry out the things that don't belong and give back into me the life that I need and replenish things in my heart that need to be replenished. Replenish the joy. Replenish, amen, and renew, amen, those areas of my life that just over the process of time have been diminished and depleted. Can I tell you the scripture says that his mercies are new every morning. The blood doesn't ever wear out. The blood never loses its power. The mercies of God is not depleted through time. It's just as powerful as it's ever been right here tonight. God's ability to forgive is just as powerful as it's ever been. He's able to renew somebody. He's able to refresh somebody's heart. Why don't you stand to your feet right now. Lift up your voice to the Lord and let's call out to Him. Let's cry out to Him right Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. God wants to renew. God wants to refresh some things. When the Philistines, who was a perennial enemy of Israel, they just was an enemy that seemed to never go away. They just keep regathering themselves and coming back. They would be defeated. They would be conquered. And they would rise up, put themselves back together, wage war again, come back against Israel. Be a threat once more. Bible tells us that when they would infiltrate the land of Israel, that they decided on a certain tactic. They knew they couldn't just outright win against Israel, just in a toe-to-toe battle. So they said, we're going to get smart about this. And what we're going to do, and this is no reflection on anybody that holds this as a last name, But what we're going to do is we're going to focus our attention on a certain group of people. We're going to take the Smiths out of the land. That didn't have anything to do with the name, but it had to do with the occupation of these people. We're going to take the Smiths and we're going to capture them. And so... We don't have the smiths in the land. There's no way that these people can continue to make weapons. And when their weapons, more importantly, that they have grow, when they grow dull and, and when they are not as sharp and they're blunt, 
They won't have anybody to take them to. And if they want their plowshare to be sharpened, they'll have to bring it to us. If they want their mattocks, their tools to be sharpened, they'll have to bring it to us. But we'll have control over any weapons being sharpened or made or forged in Israel if we can just get the smiths. But in our verse, it tells us that wisdom is profitable to direct. Wisdom is profitable to direct. Maybe somebody realizes here tonight that the enemy, Satan, has done his best. The spirit of the world has done its best to take the smiths, as it were, out of our lives out of our relationship with God. That that place that we go where we're sharpened up and we're renewed and we're refreshed and we get back our edge, as it were, in living for God. That, that, that has been removed. That's been taken away. That's been held captive by the enemy. But I wonder if there's somebody that in wisdom tonight say, I'm not going to allow that to happen. It's going to direct me to an altar. I'm going to get back to that place. If there's anything that I'm going to fight for, I'm going to fight for that ability to be renewed and refreshed and replenished in the presence of God. I'm not going to let my edge be lost through the wearing process of, of, of just living life. I'm not going to let life extract and extract and extract and extract out of me until there's nothing left and this old well is capped off and it's forgotten. But God, help me to replenish. Help me to put back something tonight. Through the help of God, I pray that you would, would place some things in me. You would allow your spirit.